Reina Montoya and I am with Jose Patiño. We want to welcome to Alientos Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be discussing DACA and the courts and just letting you know because there's a lot of confusion. This update and this podcast was recorded on August 14, 2018. So before we dive in, Jose, let's talk about like what's the landscape with DACA? Well, uh, last, that is like the unwanted child, it seems like it. Because um, in the legislature, uh, there's been Republicans and, con- and, and Democrats who are like, we want to solve the issue. Uh, and then Democrats are like, no, we want to do it this way. And Republicans are like, we want to do it that way. And they can't, dis- they can't come to an agreement. So they're like, okay, we'll just walk out. And then we're all like, all the DACA recipients are like, oh, what's going on? Um, so that's going on. And then the administration is actively trying to find ways to deport uh, individuals who will be eligible for DACA or individuals who are already DACA recipients. So it's finding ways to criminalize uh, the immigrant population in general, but it's attacking also DACA recipients. And then just to be sure, Jose, can you please remind the audience and the people who are tuning in into our podcast, when did the DACA program end? Did it end? What happened? Is it still on? Can you just like break it down for me? So it's a little bit murky. Um, so on September 5th, 2017, uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions uh, in a press conference said, uh, because DACA is unlawful and I'm afraid to defend it and it's unconstitutional, we're going to end the program. And people are going to have until October 5th to submit uh, initial applications and renewals. And then the president said, like uh, President Trump said, on March 5th, this is going to be the deadline for all DACA recipients to start slowly but surely uh, their work permits expiring. So facing out the program over six months. Okay. However, dun, the dun, dun, that. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm another plot twist, Jose. Are you serious? Yeah. So then um, several attorney generals and organizations uh, and, uh, and dreamers themselves uh, so in California, New York, they sued uh, the government because the way they ended the program, uh, it wasn't through normal protocol, as well as the rationale was flawed. Okay, Reina, before we go further in debt, uh, how does the courts work in a nutshell? So for people to know and to understand where DACA is at this moment, we need to have a basic understanding about how the courts function. So for example, I want you to think about a hierarchy, right? So then we start at the very low level, which is the lower courts that typically are at the states. So you would see the Arizona court, the California court, the DC court, the um, Texas court, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then let's say that, um, that both parties are not in agreement and they want to appeal, they can continue to do an appeal process and then it can go to the next level of hierarchy, which is the circuit courts. So for example, California and Arizona are in the ninth circuit, but I want you to think about this. Circuits technically means regions, right? So then the whole United States of America is broken down into several regions and then they have a specific um, court circuits. So after that, let's say that parties are still not in agreement and they wanna appeal and they continue the court process, they can get all the way to the Supreme Court. But there's a little plot twist, Jose. 
the Supreme Court only takes approximately 5% of the cases that are either really like high profile or they have a lot of buzz, or they also take um, specific cases that they think that are really important. And I don't know all the criteria because I'm not a judge, but only 5% of them actually make it. Yeah, specifically with international affairs and national security issues. Those are the ones that get expedited. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much how the courts work in a nutshell. And this is going to be important uh, for everybody to understand if we want to have a little bit more deeper understanding about what's happening with uh, the DACA case in the courts. So if you forgot everything that I said already, just remember that there's a hierarchy. The, the, the top of the top is the Supreme Court, and then it starts at the lower court and at the state level. So we know that with DACA, there's been four specific court cases that started in the lower court. There's a California case, a New York case, a DC case, and a Texas case. Oh my gosh, so many cases. So Jose, you're gonna help us break it down. And then there's three specific cases that are talking more about the process of how DACA ended and what was the reason why it ended. So can you walk us through a start first of all with California and what was the claim of California? What happened with that? And what's the status of the California case? Yeah, so the the California lawsuit to the administration uh, comes from the, the colleges, the university system. And their main claim is that uh, the way that it was ended in terms of getting enough people, enough time, notifications, um, either through email or through text or through mail weren't done also as well as the rationale that they use in terms of running the program so we go back to september 5th attorney general uh just session said oh that guy's unconstitutional it's an unlawful program we're afraid that if it goes to the courts if texas does follow suit we will lose therefore i'm gonna end the program before it actually happens and california is like no, we have more than 100 law professors and scholars from Ivy League schools, including Stanford, Harvard, Penn State, Brown, all of them saying that DACA is a lawful program and the president has the power to do so. So based off of those uh, evidence and, and arguments, the California judge said that the administration needed to keep renewals uh, open for DACA recipients. So pretty much we the decision came out in our favor, in favor of DACA recipients. So if you remember when DACA was first ended back in September 5th of 2017, we only had one month for very specific DACA recipients to renew their work permit, and then people weren't able to renew. Then about in January of 2018, because of the California decision, people like me were able to have another opportunity to actually renew if, if we had DACA in the past. So, okay, hopefully we're good with that. So I'm understanding that the California case came in our favor. And then what happened? I think that there was another lawsuit from New York and you break it down about what happened with that. And is it similar than California? Is it different? Is it only applied for New York DACA recipients? Or can you explain? So the New York case is a carbon copy of the California case. Uh, The same arguments and the same result. So those two are tied together. 
And then can you clarify for people who are listening, does this only impact California DACA recipients and New York DACA recipients or all DACA recipients in the U.S.? Um, since these are at the federal level, it impacts everybody. It's a national injunction. It's a national order. So national injunction, you fancy terms, even though you're not a lawyer, it pretty much, what does it mean, Jose? Can you like put it in simple terms? Yeah, so the judge said that a that every DACA recipient living in the United States or its territories, because there's DREAMers living in U.S. territories, are eligible to renew until the case is resolved, uh, ultimately in the Supreme Court. And then we also heard from Judge Bates, there was another case coming to his bench, and that was from the District of Columbia, D.C. So. Is that the same as New York and California, or was there something different about this case? So it's a little bit different, um, two parts. The, the reason, one of the main things that is different is because Judge Bates is actually an appointee from George Bush. So he's a, considered to be a conservative judge uh, compared to the two judges from California and New York. So that gives more credibility to, to DAC recipients because now we have a conservative judge siding with DAC recipients. Additionally, the other two judges only said open for renewals. This judge base said, uh, I'm gonna give them certain 90 days for them to appeal, and if they don't provide sufficient evidence and rationale for ending the program, I'm gonna open up the program back up again, so I wanna have DAC initials, DAC renewals, and advanced parole. And this, you said that it was gonna give 90 days, the judge gave day, which means the US government, mm -hmm. 90 days, and those 90 days have passed, right? They, they were up in July of 2018, if I'm correct? Yeah, so uh, if I'm correct, it was July 23rd. Uh, that was the date. And then <laughs> Judge Bates heard uh, arguments, and then he said, well, I'm gonna give now 20 days I'm going to issue a stay, which means like nothing happens. 20 days for the United States government to appeal to the other courts. And by August 23rd, if they don't appeal or nothing changes, I am going to order USCIS to open up the entire DACA program again to restart it. So for those of you who do not know about USCIS, USCIS is the government entity that receives DACA applications. So up to in a few days from now, on August 23rd, we can know whether new applications, so those recipients, those people who were qualified under the 2012 DACA memo, could be applying again. Um, and if they didn't apply either because they were too young or that they couldn't gather enough evidence at a specific moment, they would be able to apply only if the judge in the sea decides to side with DACA recipients. Is that correct, Jose? Correct. Oh my gosh, we're almost there, Jose. Three cases down. So now tell us what happened on August 8th with the Texas lawsuit case. Then um, is it the same as, I'm going to ask again the same question, is it the same as California, New York, and D.C., or what's different? So California, well, Texas is the, like, the thorn uh, in, in, in an immigrant's lives, where they're just going to, like, push, push, and, like, uh, just, like, like slowly but surely hurt you. Um, so, Ouch. <laughs> so Judge Andrew Hannon, um, he's famous around immigrant circles because in 2015, he was the one who issued uh, a national injunction stopping the DAPA program, which was uh, the DAC, it was similar to DACA, allowed work permits, uh, deferred deportation for parents of United States citizens or green card holders. 
Uh, so he stopped that in 2015. So he's infamous in the immigrant community. And now he he heard on uh, the case on August 8th. And I think that this is different is that the Texas, uh, the state of Texas, and uh, along with nine other states, are saying that the DACA program is unconstitutional with similar arguments 20, to what they said in 2015 because it's a uh, cost to the state of Texas. Uh, it's not biting on law. No president does not have a broad authority to shield hundreds of thousands and even millions of immigrants from deportation. And Judge Hanen, he said, I'm not convinced by what your arguments on the Texas side as well as Maldiv. So, so Maldiv, who's Maldiv? Maldiv is the Mexican American Education Defense Law Firm. And they are in favor of DACA recipients, right? Yeah. Okay. So what happened is when Texas sued the United States government, i.e. Uh, Jeff Sessions, he said, I'm not going to defend the case. So then Maldiv stepped in to defend uh, DACA recipients because the government didn't want to defend us. For obvious reasons, right? I mean, they ended the program. But so the big difference with Texas, it's also about, uh, there's a different claim, right? They're actually fighting or they are arguing about the constitutionality of the DACA program in itself. So not necessarily about how the DACA program ended by this current administration, but whether if the DACA program in itself is legal or not. Correct, Jose? Yes, correct. So then on August 8th, they had a hearing and were expect expecting a decision that that then actually what happened on August 8th, he ended up asking for more, for more evidence. He asked Maldiv and the U.S. government to provide additional information, and they submitted briefs, that's the additional information, legal term, on Monday, August 13th of 2018, and now up to today, which we're recording on August, 14 of 2018, we still haven't heard a decision, correct? Correct. Uh, decision is expected uh, within 15 days. So August 22nd is kind of deadline that Judge Hannon, so a day before the D.C. Uh, court where, where Judge Bates ordered the USCIS to restart the whole DACA program. So a day before that, he could end the program saying that it's unlawful. Okay, so in a nutshell, we talked about the California case that they were in favor of DACA recipients and then the government didn't like it, so then they appealed to the regional courts, which is the Ninth Circuit, and that decision is still pending. We don't know where it can come. It can come tomorrow. It can come um, in two months. Then we have New York, who pretty much copied the same lawsuit as California, that they are in favor of DACA recipients, and that's why we have renewals because of California and New York. And then the DC court, we should be hearing an answer whether initials will be reopened or not for more young people, young undocumented people to apply for the DACA program. And we should know about August 23rd. And then the fourth lawsuit we learned was about Texas, that we should be expecting a decision on August 22nd. So I know that this can be really nerve-wracking, but it is important that we're understanding like all the integrities. And let's say that Texas go against us and then we have California for us, what could happen? We've been talking to many attorneys, Jose and I are not attorneys, but what we've been hearing is that if they have competing decisions, meaning that they're not 
they're not the same or they're not agreeing, it can force the Supreme Court to take this decision. And it, this can be happening as early as of October of 2018, because and the Supreme Court is when they decide to take the new docket of cases. So we should be hearing also whether if it goes uh, all the way to the Supreme Court based on what happens with the decisions of each case. So, Rina, we discussed uh, a lot today. Um, so what would you tell a DACA recipient? What do we know? So if you're a DACA recipient or you have a loved one that you care about that is a DACA recipient, there are a couple things that we do know at this moment. We know that the DACA program was officially ended on September 5th of 2017. We know that the future of the DACA program, it's very uncertain and most likely based on the makeup of the current courts and the Supreme Court, is that the ruling will not come in our favor. What we also know is that renewals are still being accepted. So if your DACA expires from now until December of 2019, a lot of community organizations and national organizations, including NILC and, and other attorneys, are recommending to renew as soon as possible. And we also know that this takes a, a lot of emotional toll. So if you are a DACA recipient, we understand, Jose and I, what that feels like of constantly living with deadlines, constantly not knowing what could happen. So we're asking you to take a deep breath and to make sure that you're not alone and that you ask for help and guidance if the $495 for filing fees are the ones that are preventing you to do your renewal. You can create a GoFundMe. You can also try to seek to your community organizations, local in your state or city to ensure that they can help you out but even let's be honest our people are so resource resourceful like i remember my mom like prepping up for the quinceañera and everything that we have compadres and comadres so let's go back to our friends our godparents or anyone that we know and if we have a couple of friends that pitching twenty dollars like how many friends would we need if they're pitching twenty dollars in order for us to get to the 495 since you're a math guru patino 25 and we would have five dollars extra so there you go. See, so if you have, if you can talk to 25 of your friends or family members just to ask them for $20, then you have the money and then you can either repay them back or maybe do like a little act of kindness with them. So that's what we are recommending to all of you. If you can renew, it is up to you at the end of the day, but make sure that you don't close that window because we don't know how long it would be open. Once again, thank you so much for tuning into Aliento's podcast. We are very grateful for all of you who tune in. We know that we're living very challenging times and that is really frustrating with all the changes of not having the accurate information. If you wanna keep, uh, keep up to date about what's happening with the DACA cases through the courts, make sure that you join our text alert messages it is super easy you just text the word art heels make sure that is one word so if auto corrects makes it two make sure that it's one and you just text that word to the number three three two 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 once again you text the word art heels to three three two 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 
You can also join our mailing list. We typically send a big email blast with any breaking news that are hap that are happening at that moment. So make sure you join us at alientoaz, like Arizona.org. And you can sign up there to receive our latest news about what's happening with the DACA case. If you are being impacted, if you're a DACA recipient like Jose or I, we are really encouraging you to take a moment to to check in with yourself and see how you're doing in terms of your mental health. We know that as we're facing all these decisions at deadlines, it can create a lot of uncertainty and anxiety. So make sure that you're seeking out for help. If you are in Arizona, we do offer arts and healing workshops at Aliento where we come together and just create art so we can process our emotions. And just remember that we got you, that you don't have to deal this alone and that we're right there for you. We're a text away, we are an email away. So just make sure that you are supporting one another in these very difficult moments and are preparing for whatever outcome there is. And a very last reminder that a piece of paper never defines your worth. And Jose, would you like to say any last words for our DACA recipients or people who care about DACA recipients? Um, I think since um, November of 2016, and even before for some of us, this has been an anxiety-filled life um, that we have had. I think a lot of us have put our plans uh, on hold or haven't lived the way we wanted to or we deserve. Um, but things will, will be difficult and they will continue to struggle. Uh, however, the only way for us to make things better is not to be alone, uh, to be in community with others, to get involved with local organizations, uh, to be involved with, with your church, uh, with any, any place that you find that support. Uh, and just know that you're never alone. Things might get difficult and they might get really dark, but just know that you're never alone. And as my mama says, the last thing that dies is hope. So let's make sure that as we carry on with our week, that we're bringing little lights of hope to everyone that we encounter. And if you like our podcast, make sure that you're sharing it with your friends and your family. And send us up maybe some topic ideas that you want to hear about or you would want us to discuss. But thank you so much for tuning in and we'll hear you until next time. Goodbye.